Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me tonight Sir Michael. Hello. And myself. Timothy. Hello. We're a book club for games. But not today. Today, we're going to talk about the next-gen consoles. Including the price. And followed by what we've been playing. Let's start. Xbox leaked their price, unfortunately, for the Xbox Series well, S. <laughs> Sorry, that's just a weird sentence. They leaked their price? Like, they secretly told their price to someone they shouldn't have? Had Okay, I see what you mean. They had their price. Because didn't they just tweet the price by accident before a public holiday long weekend in the US. It was something like that. I've lost track of the original leak. I thought someone had found some marketing material and tweeted that out. I got to admit, I didn't really care because I was never going to buy an Xbox. Post facts. Yes. The key thing is, we were getting very, 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 very close to pre-orders opening for both of the next-gen consoles and there was no price like they were saying oh you can go and pre-order one on this date it's like how much is it going to cost not going to tell you so when the price finally came out everyone went bonkers and then as soon as the xbox price came out the playstation price followed in short order like it was definitely like a who's going to blink first yeah. So what are the prices? So for the Xbox Series X, four nine nine US dollars or four four nine British pounds. And for the Xbox Series S, two nine nine US dollars or two four nine British pounds. And on the PlayStation side? Four hundred and ninety nine US dollars, which is four hundred and forty nine pounds. And then for the digital version of the console, 399 US dollars, which is 360 pounds. Wait, wait, wait. Is it which is, or is it just that the equivalent UK price is going to be X? You're right. The equivalent UK price is 360 pounds. Yeah. It's funny that they're charging slightly more for the digital one, relatively, in the UK. What do you mean? Because you've gone four nine nine. There's a fifty pound difference for the disc one, four nine nine US to four four nine pounds. But there's only a thirty nine pound difference for the discless one. Isn't it just ten percent off? Ah, I see. (laughs) Okay, when you look at it that way, I see what you're getting at. Okay, it's plausible. I'll accept that. And not that it's that you made a mistake, or that Sony hates the UK, which I think they do, given the debacle that was the PS3 launch. But, you know, it's over 10 years ago, so I should probably let it go at this point. You don't have to. It's funny if you don't. It doesn't matter. So, what do you have to say about these prices? I want to talk about the digital-only edition. I think this is the, this is the console to get. Out of, you know, there are four options here, if you think about it. But you get all the power at a discounted price. Um, well, it's a discounted price, except that you'll have to pay through the nose for the games. I mean, it's funny because I basically buy everything digitally now. Like, it's really rare for me to buy a physical game. This is the console for you. 
But at the same time, the game discs are just so cheap compared to buying it off the official store for the console, you know. Like, it's kind of outrageous how much, you know, the game... If you look at digital distribution on PC, games on Steam get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. You know, there's like there's there's practically no flaw to it. A game that was $60 will be like $5 a few years later. And if you look at a similar situation on PS4, a game that was $60 at release will be $60 eight years later. I don't think it's that bad anymore. There are sales on the PlayStation Store, but not as aggressive as Steam. Whereas if you get the disc version, it will be $5, right? Possibly, yeah. So even if you don't intend to buy many disc games up front, if you're like hoovering up all the deals for the old games, having the flexibility of the disc, I think is still good. I mean, having said that, on the Xbox and PlayStation, I do think the disc is becoming less and less relevant because it just becomes install media, so your download is smaller, and an inconvenient hardware key for the game because you can't run the game unless the disc is in the drive. But, you know, the game isn't running from the disc. You basically have to copy the whole damn thing to the hard drive anyway, right? And especially now in these next-gen consoles it literally has to run from the internal SSD or it won't work. Okay, except for the the price of games on the digital store, the digital only version is compelling, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, logically, if I was going to get one, given that I've basically... I think, what is the... I'm trying to think what games I own on disc. Interestingly, you got Mario 3D All-Stars. In physical form. Oh, I bought the physical cart for that, yeah. But it's because I didn't want to give Nintendo 60, like 60 pounds. Because my Nintendo Switch eShop is set to the UK now. Yeah, that was just too much. Considering it was 300 and... I think I paid something like the equivalent of 36 pounds in Hong Kong dollars to get the physical cart. Which is cheaper than the digital version on the Hong Kong store. It's 428 there you go. There you go. It's backwards, man. Not only did I get a physical artifact that must have cost money to make, and I could resell it, I got a little squishy star stress ball as well. All for less than the digital version. That's what I'm saying, right? You want the flexibility of having the physical media just in case. Because otherwise, basically, because otherwise they will screw you over. So, which version is the version you like the most? Okay, I mean, I'm not planning to buy any of these at the moment. Just to say, like, it's been a bit of a weird roller coaster, actually. You know, like, I think at the time we started this podcast, you had kind of just convinced me to get a PS4, and we were big into playing Destiny. <laughs> Like, what was going on, man? That's and, not a bad time. You said, like, it was a, a dark time. A dark time. <laughs> but since then, I have trended more and more back to PC gaming. And so I'm not intending to buy on these next-gen consoles. I mean, the thing is, I think a lot of the Xbox exclusives will be console exclusives. They're also going to be on PC. So... I don't think I'll be missing out too much by having just a PC. And even some of the Sony exclusives may come to PC as well, like Death Stranding, for example. Horizon, yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn. Exactly. So I'm putting my money on PC this time around. I mean, if I was to get one, the Sony console would be the logical one to get because I have coverage of the Xbox stuff already. Though the Xbox Series S is very interesting because it is so significantly cheaper and if you don't have a 4k tv it's probably good enough and it outputs at 1440 which is what pc monitors are really you know that's the the sweet spot yeah 1440 is the kind of 
I was gonna say it is like true PC gamer. It's like terrible, isn't it? It's like gatekeeping. But like I think if you are a PC gamer, I mean stereotyping here, but I would say that most PC gamers will either be aiming for insane frame rates at 1080p. Like, you know, I have a 240 hertz monitor, I'm gonna get 240 hertz plus at 1080p. Or they'll be playing at 1440p and be a bit less frame rate dependent. Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm in the 1440p camp. 4K is not a consideration. Well, I think if you go 4K, you'll be below 60 frames per second. Yeah. And if you're going to go below 60 frames per second, you may as well play on a console. Sorry, this is, this is terrible snobbery. Uh, what about you? You're going to get would, PlayStation? I'll, I'll get PlayStation, yeah. The, the disc version, obviously. <laughs> obviously. So after you're, after you're convincing me that discless was the way to go, you're going to go with the disc one. Because you're right. If you buy something, it's hard, it's hard to take paying 70. It'll be, it'll be 70 pounds, I think. Right? Yeah, I think so. That's hard to stomach. Do you, do you ever play Blu-rays? I have Blu-rays. I've heard people arguing as well that the $100 premium is worth it because then you don't need to have a separate Blu-ray player just who's lying playing, around. Who's playing Who's Blu-rays? playing Blu-rays? <laughs> now, if you, if you, I guess if you're really into movies, it makes sense. I mean, I'm evidently not. I'm just corrupted by YouTube or something. I have the attention span of a fish. <laughs> I guess Netflix at 4K doesn't really work. If you don't have the connection. I think Netflix at 4K looks bad anyway compared to a Blu-ray, right? That's what people say. Like, it's it's 4K in terms of the number of pixels on screen, but it's compressed to hell and whatever. Like I, I know real movie buffs say Netflix 4K is nowhere near as good as a Blu-ray. It's hard to justify. You're, you're going to pay... I don't know, a Blu-ray, what, £30, £20 for something that you watch once? I guess if you love it, you'll watch it a few times. You really have to be a movie buff. Fine. There's a remote, you can buy a remote. Oh, yeah. yeah. Harkening back to earlier conversations. Okay, should we move on? Yeah, so the other interesting thing about... Well, actually about both Microsoft and Sony. They're both kind of doing an all-you-can-eat thing. Right. So Microsoft has Game Pass Ultimate and that is basically all of their first party games plus a load of other games too that, you know, Netflix of game style, you can just, while you're subscribed, download the game and play it. And also a load of EA titles as well. Yes. So they recently announced that what was the EA one called? Like EA Select or something? EA Play? EA Play. So it's part of Game Pass now. I actually have Game Pass on PC. So I don't know if that includes everything, but it's way cheaper. Because, you know, in here we're saying Game Pass is going to be, what, 35 US dollars or 29 pounds on Series X. But that's the buying with, with the console wait did wait, i hear wait, did I, did is I, there wait, some did dimension I, wait, to this i was did, unaware of did i hear hear you correctly what did you say what prices did you say i said 35 dollars or 29 pounds yeah so that's xbox all access which is the console plus xbox ultimate over two years oh so you're saying the month-to-month price is higher normally if you don't sign up for a two-year commitment with the console It'll be cheaper because you're not paying for the console. That's what I'm saying. Because you're paying oh, like wait, a phone wait, wait, subscription. Wait, 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 wait. I completely misunderstood this. So you're telling me that instead of paying like 500 US dollars, yes, I can commit to paying 35 dollars a month for two years, yes. and I get Game Pass and the console. Yes. That's kind of amazing. <laughs> yes. Wow, you should totally do that. That seems great. But you're committing to the subscription, though. 
Yeah, but that's not bad at all, really. You know, I haven't done the maths on this. I'm, I'm trying to quickly multiply in my head. But, you know, you are paying more, but Game Pass costs more anyway. It does, yeah. Because you have to pay for Xbox Live or whatever, and then Game Pass on top. And it seems like a pretty good deal. I mean, I think this is quite a compelling thing to have against Sony. It makes sense. Got to admit, I totally misunderstood what this was saying. <laughs> Normally... <laughs> Normally in the edit, I retcon it so everything's perfect, but I think I'm going to keep this one because <laughs> I'm just so surprised. This will teach me for clearly not reading the news properly. Wow, that's pretty good. It's a compelling offering. You know, it just adds up to the everything that Microsoft is doing right this time around. Yeah, I, I really think they've got a chance to win significant market share this time, especially if you don't have a gaming PC because... I, I, you know, we were also talking about like, oh, Sony announced the price afterwards, you know, because they were seeing who blinked first. Like, if Microsoft had come out and said 599, would Sony have said 599 as well? I think so. You know, because I think the rumor was that the next gen consoles were going to cost like 600 US dollars kind of territory. I think I was joking to you that for $600, you can buy a gaming PC. And then I was like, oh, no, wait, for $600, you can buy a 3070. But you don't have to get a 3070. You could get a decent gaming PC for $600. You know, it, it, when the consoles start to get to that kind of territory, I think you've really got to ask yourself, like, wait a minute, why am I spending this much for a machine that only does one thing? But, but they didn't charge that anyway. They charged $100 less. And now, yeah, there's Microsoft offer. That's great. Game Pass actually is really good. So, you know, as I was starting to say, I did sign up for it on PC. There are loads of games in there. There are loads of games in there. And... If you get just the PC version of Game Pass, it's actually really cheap. So I think it only cost me 40 Hong Kong dollars a month. Mm, I wonder if that's a global price, though. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not a global price. I'm pretty sure the, the cost in other regions is more. How many games is it? Over 100 or under 100? Over 100. Easily over 100. And loads of new stuff, too. Like, well, Microsoft Flight Sim, which I've installed but I haven't played yet. Uh, Grounded, for example. Even stuff that I've been meaning to play for ages and never quite got round to. Like, Final Fantasy XV is on it with all the DLC. I should just delete it off the PlayStation because I never actually really made any significant progress on the PS4 anyway. I just saved 60 gigs of hard drive space. And then add to that, Bethesda? Yeah. That was a surprise. Microsoft bought Bethesda. So... I heard they're going to honour their existing commitments. So things like Deathloop, which was going to be a PlayStation exclusive. It's still going to be... It's weird. Like Microsoft is now releasing a PlayStation exclusive, technically. But future Bethesda games are going to be Xbox and PC only. That's not... At least that's what I heard. Most likely. I think most likely. Maybe it's hyperbole. Because, you know... As evidenced by my performance earlier, I've clearly just been skimming the news and not reading it in too much detail. You're not here to regurgitate the news. You're here to offer opinion. I'm not here for the facts. I'm here for the wild opinions. Ting's the facts, man. Yeah. So, shall we talk about the PlayStation Plus collection? Good point. So that's Sony's answer to Game Pass, I guess indirect answer i mean on the plus side it comes as part of psn plus so you're not paying anything extra for it and it's basically the best games from the ps4 generation is that a fair thing to say maybe maybe best is too contentious but certainly very highly rated that's playstation exclusives from that generation you mentioned over 100 on Xbox Game Pass. I think with the Sony equivalent, it's something like 20. It's less than 20, I think, yeah. <laughs> but you're not paying anything extra for it, right? It's like a freebie that comes with PSN Plus now. If you have a PS5. Yeah. So I, don't, I wouldn't say the equivalent. I don't think it, I, it's unfair to Microsoft or Xbox to say this is... Sony's answer. This is not an answer. Yeah, they're, they're not the same thing at all. It's true. They're just things that are... 
Well, they're, they're very superficially kind of scratching the same itch in a sense. Yes. Right. It's like, well said. You're not buying a game. It's just like a, it's another. You're paying some subscription fee and you have access to this library of games, but you're not having to pay anything over and above the multiplayer subscription fee this time. On the Sony side, at least. Yeah. Okay, and then just a few final closing things then. Since a whole bunch of people actually have Xbox Series Xs in hand now, don't they? Yep. A lot. And they're kind of embargoed on what they're allowed to talk about. I think it's only the backwards compatibility they're allowed to report on. Yeah, that's right. But the things they're saying are good, right? Yes, on the whole. Yes, I think everyone is quite positive on it, but I can't see why. I can't see why everyone's so positive about it. Maybe because they're not PC gamers. (laughs) I think one thing you called out, load times aren't an order of magnitude faster. You're just like, "Uh, Mike, it's not that much faster. That's because it's last gen. They're not expecting to run off storage that's this quick, right? No, I guess not. But... Why are we shouting about no thirty percent, forty percent reduction in time? Is that something to shout about? I don't know. It is something at least. Because let's just go through. So, from a high level, the sort of three aspects that people looked at were faster load times, quick resume, and the boost. You know, the the extra benefit that the Xbox Series X gave to games to old games in terms of performance boosts better graphics etc to quick resume it works the resume time is 12 to 20 seconds i thought it'd be faster i thought it'd be faster too actually i'm like (laughs) 12 seconds do you know what i can do in 12 seconds count to 12 uh 12 seconds doesn't sound that fast that's not quick I mean, I, I know it is quite fast, but yeah, I expected faster somehow as well. It's funny because the thing is, right, it's 16 gigs, right? If, I, if you're quick resuming a last gen game, it must only have to stream like eight gigs of data into memory at most, surely, because that's how much memory the last gen consoles had. Yes. It wouldn't even be the full eight gigs exactly i haven't done the maths for like the bandwidth and stuff like how how fast it should be able to do it but i'm gonna do the math it's gonna come out 12 seconds isn't it (laughs) it's quite demanding actually you ask it's a big ask (laughs) no 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 but but seriously like because they were talking about 5.5 gigs per second right okay so surely it should be sub 10 seconds come on Surely. That's conservative already. Yeah. Unless that's gigabits, not gigabytes. And then you've got, to slap, you've got to slap a factor of eight on there. And then all bets are off. Sorry, that's you're right. You know, you know Shit, what? Facts guys, are dangerous. Really... <laughs> <laughs> it was bits, not bytes. Maybe we should move on before it all gets any deeper. One more thing on load times. I need these consoles to sort out Red Dead Redemption 2's load times. It's a key thing for me. Are you still playing Red Dead Redemption 2? I will play it when the time comes. On your PS5? Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. It's it's quicker to do the stupid suspend mode in PS4 versus doing quick resume on my new console. I'm sure you can suspend the PS5 as well. Yeah, we know nothing about the PS5. We'll talk about that next. So the last thing I want to talk about was the upscaling, the performance boost on the Xbox Series X. What about it? Have you done any reading? No. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know it's different with the S and the X. Yeah, so with the Series S, it doesn't take on the Xbox One enhancements for backwards compatibility. It's a Xbox whole different One features. X. Oh, gosh, yes, X. Sorry, I'm, this is just highlighting how terrible their naming is. But that's a whole other rabbit hole that we should not go down right now. So with the 
Xbox Series X backwards compatibility, what you'll see is potentially double frame rates on the base game, but that's not for every title. You'll see evening out of performance. So if a if a game is targeting 30 frames per second or 60 frames per second, you won't see those frame drops from that target frame rate. And there's also talk of upscaling to double the resolution and then four times the resolution for older games. Like is it 360 games? Probably. So you get a lot for free, which I like. I'm not sure what the scope is. Well, you know, for those enhancements where you saw for Xbox One X, you saw specific enhancements for the games. I don't know what, where, I don't, you don't know where we are on that, what the plan is for that. I suppose the Xbox is becoming more PC-like in that regard. Definitely. The line between the previous and the next gen is very blurry. And you can just run all of the previous gen games and the previous previous gen games, evidently. And they look nicer. Times have moved on. I guess if... A long time ago, I would have just wanted games to run. Now we want improvements along the way. And Xbox is actually trying to do that, which is fair play. Now if we turn our attention to PS5. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Well, they know it won't do PS1, 2 or 3. That we know. And we don't know anything more about the PS4 situation beyond what they said months and months ago which is games will run at a boosted frequency and they'll benefit from higher or more stable frame rates and potentially higher resolutions. Thank you. Thank you, Sony. Well, I don't think there's any promises that it'll be every PS4 game either. Just the popular ones. It was interesting. It started off being a very conservative, you know, the top 100 games, and then it's grown from there. But I can appreciate that initial statement of, if I was making a statement, I would say the top 100 games as well, just to cover myself, because that's what we do. Yeah, I don't know how many PlayStation 4 games actually exist, and whether it's really feasible for them to test all of them. So, I guess maybe even if they think it's going to work for all of them, they're just going to say a more conservative figure. How important is backwards compatibility for you? It's funny, actually, because people didn't used to care about it at all. And then people cared about it a lot. And then... And then the marketing people said, you say you care about it, but no one's playing it. Or no one's using it. Is that the marketing people or is that the data people? I know, I, I don't... Uh, the marketing people means it's more, more grey, so you don't know whether it's truth or not. I'm sure if the data <laughs> people said it was the case, then it really is. No one's playing it. We can demonise the marketing people. Nobody likes marketing. <laughs> You can't trust them. They're snakes. Well, they wear snakeskin products. I don't know. Yeah, so... I think I used to care about it, and now I realise I would have no time to play these games anyway. I suppose it just saves physical space if I don't have to have the old, old consoles lying around because I can play the stuff on the new console. I mean, that would be convenient, but... Yeah, I can't see when I would actually play any of the games I missed in the previous generation after all. You know, I think at some point you just have to let it go. Maybe I should just let it go. You're right about not having more consoles in the flat. I think that's how they're justifying it. I think they're justifying it by meaning users are stuck. You know, they st stay in the ecosystem, really. Rather than building this feature because it's the nice thing to do, the right thing to do, it's more a case of... Let's keep people committed to our, our platform. Yeah, I suppose it's providing value to your existing catalogue. And, you know, I mean, the flip side of it is that, like I said before, the line between the generations is a bit blurrier now. Like, if you look at the old, old days, getting really old now, like, you go, go from PlayStation 1 to PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 2 to PlayStation 3, you know, it was really significantly different. But if you if now we're going from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2, it doesn't look like it couldn't be a PS5 game. 
right? Like, I don't think PS5 games look so much more incredible than PS4 games that it's really obvious. Yep. So maybe just that one gen backwards compatibility is the minimum, but it's enough for most people. It makes sense. The graphics get bad. I mean, I I couldn't play Galaxy on the Wii. I I wouldn't want to. Who's the snob now? I'm learning I'm only human. Yes. What have we been playing? I've played a lot of stuff, actually. So maybe you should go first. What have you been playing? I actually haven't been playing much. But I have one update. I have finally finished Baldur's Gate 2. I am ready for Baldur's Gate 3. I have been playing Baldur's Gate 2 for three years. I think the first achievement I see here is 17th of September 2017. I feel like it's longer than three years. I feel like you've been playing Baldur's Gate 2 for three years on the Enhanced Edition and you had yes. like an, you had like 18 months to two years on the Unenhanced Edition before that. It's probably a fair statement. So how many hours played? I think it's 103. That's a lot. You're shaking, you're shaking your head, but that's the about the right amount of time. No, 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 I'm not shaking my head in like, that's too long. I'm shaking my head in like, I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm dizzy with the thought. Ting played 103 hours of Baldur's Gate 2. Was it worth it? Don't ask me questions. Uh, yes. Yes, when I don't think how else I could have spent the time. Wow, that's a that's a deep response and a slightly troubling one too. I think it's the same for any game. No matter how much you enjoy a game, if you said I spent a hundred hours on this, you can't help but think, what else could I've achieved in a hundred hours? I can tell you what I didn't achieve is I still don't know how to cast spells confidently or know which spells are going to win me a battle. Abby Dalzim's horrid wilting. <laughs> Thank you. That's the answer. I just, towards the end of the game, I just had so much dread about every bloody boss fight, especially because you have to take on Arenicus twice. I didn't have what I needed to beat him. But when I did, like, I had to go to hell, complete the trials, and take him on. That's all I needed to do. I mean, I that was the last segment I had. I kept putting it off because I thought that last boss battle would be impossible. But actually... Over time, you actually become quite powerful. And as you don't even need a plan, you just sort of do your spell buffs and just you throw in your level nine spells, whatever they are, just throw them in. And actually, that's enough. <laughs> and then your melee, you know, your melee characters will, will do the rest because they'll be tough as nails by then. I'm impressed you finished it. That is some dedication. I think we'll I, I never thought you'd years. actually get there. <laughs> But you did. I think the next five years we'll, we will spend it talking about Persona 5 Royal. Really? Not Cyberpunk? Or Witcher 3? <laughs> They've already said Cyberpunk is, or is going to be a shorter game than Witcher 3 because no one finished oh, it. Thank goodness. I was worried. I actually, I actually feel like if I play Cyberpunk, maybe I'm absolved for Witcher 3. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. That's it. So I'm ready for Baldur's Gate 3. I, didn't, I don't think I've played anything else. Worth worth noting. Yeah, I've just played the, the Book Club games and COD. So, I've played the Book Club games and COD. 
and loads of other stuff because I have unexpectedly found myself with a lot of time. You're playing games full time now. It's kind of bad, really. I feel like I'm going slightly mad. Madder. But yeah, so I knocked a bunch of stuff off the backlog. Like, I finished Baba as You, true ending, because I watched Summer Games Done Quick and there was a Baba as You speedrun, which was hilarious, actually. Like, that guy. You just have to watch like the first five minutes of it, or maybe even just the first 30 seconds of his run, but it made me laugh a lot. But anyway, having watched his speedrun, I realised, oh, I'm literally at the end of Barbara's You. I only have to do one more level to get True Ending. So I did that one level and I got True Ending. Crossed off the list. I fired up Rocket League to claim the free stuff because it's gone free to play and I had it in Steam already. So I just literally booted it up to get my heirloom items or whatever. Probably never run it again now. <laughs> it's not available in what? Hong Kong. Does that even count as a now playing entry? It doesn't really, but you put it on this list for some reason, so I thought I'd explain it. Oh, I see, because I, I saw you logged in, that's why. Exactly. Dishonored 2, because I've been meaning to play it forever, so I finally, I finally got it done. I spent way too long, because... Uh, let's not go into it, but I basically took twice as long as I should have done, because I'm an idiot. Better than the first one? Well, I thought the first one was pretty good. So for me, it's on par. Well, maybe it is, but it's got some amazing set piece moments in it, actually. Like if the first one had some good set pieces, like Lady Boyle's Party, I remember being a really interesting level in the first one. The second game has more levels like that with more unique mechanics. So I guess, yeah, better than the first one, actually. Better than the first one. And then one shot, because I'd heard it was another undertale pretty much you know is is another cutesy pixel rpg with subversive mechanics so i played it but it wasn't as good which i guess explains why everyone is raving about undertale but you don't hear much about one shot and then donut county which again bought ages ago and it's a wacky cutesy it's almost more of a physics toy in a way, but it's got a funny plot and raccoons. Then new games or old games that we're doing in multiplayer. Fall Guys. For a little while, everyone was playing Fall Guys. It was just everywhere, right? It was. It was actually on PSN Plus as the free game. Did you play it? No, I didn't. I did install it, but I didn't play it. Okay. I mean, annoyingly, there's no crossplay, and my friends were playing on PC, so I actually had to, I actually had to buy it on PC in addition to having it on PSN. And then the Steam version is just kind of depressing because on PlayStation, everyone has their weird and wacky names, and it's fun. But on Steam, everyone is just called Fall Guy and then four digits, like a four-digit number, because I think they didn't have any kind of like name filter, and then people were just People were just picking really offensive names and they decided, you know what, if you can't play nicely, you can't play at all. And they just said, you know, you're all just going to be a number now. So it's like being in the gulag. Plus there are cheaters. Cheaters, cheaters everywhere. You know, you'll be playing around and then someone will just start flying. Or they'll just, you know, hyperspace kick the ball straight into the net. So, bit of a shame. Is that why you stopped playing? I was never that into it anyway. I love BR games, but it just seemed kind of dull. Like, it's fun the first few times you play it, but it's just so random. You're the you one know, who uh, loves Takeshi's Castle, is that right? Yeah, I do love Takeshi's Castle. But, but that's the thing, it's like... I just I think there aren't enough events. You know, you've after you've played it a few times, you've just seen everything there is to see. And maybe maybe I'm just not trying hard enough, but I also feel like there isn't enough skill in it. 
Like, you can't keep striving to become better and then be number one. You know, it's just like so arbitrary. Like, you get, you do get better, but you can just lose for completely random reasons because physics jank, you know, or cheaters. And then, I don't know, it just didn't seem that fun to me. It just got kind of boring. I mean, having said that, I have won at Fall Guys more than I've won at Call of Duty. So <laughs> maybe Fall Guys should be my game instead. But yeah, I don't know. I just find it a bit dull. Okay. It's funny as well, because I think everyone was playing it, but now it has just been completely subsumed by Among Us, which I haven't played, actually. I've installed it, but I haven't played it. Since for Among Us, I think it's more fun if you're playing with a, you know, a group of people you know and you've got voice chat. And honestly, it's hard to find eight people who can play together. I talk to lots of people and they're like, oh yeah, I want to try it. But like getting those eight people at the same time to log in and play, it's just, it's just not happened yet. But people are going wild for it. Maybe, I don't know, I, some friends who are teachers are just telling me that the kids in class, all they do now is like Among Us doodles and Among Us memes. So maybe all these players are actually just playing on their phones at school or something. And that's where all the stats are coming from. But it is everywhere. Is that a diss at Among Us? I don't think it's a diss. I think it's just an explanation. Okay. You know, it's like it's like the TikTok of Battle Royales or something. It's not really a Battle Royale game. Maybe, I mean, is this the next... Is this one of the next crazes? This is another rabbit hole that we don't have to talk about in detail now. But you know how for a few years it's all been about Battle Royale? What is going to be the next Battle Royale? I was, I think I was like theorizing, you know, we're starting to see a lot more time loop games. So maybe that's starting to pick up. And then maybe imposter games or like social deduction or lying games. There was that, what's it called? Prisoner's Dilemma, the split one, split or steal. And now Among Us, maybe this is the next big thing. I've not played Among Us, so I don't know how interactive you need to be, whether you can play it really play it with strangers. I think they're, they're, they're key factors. I don't think it's a new idea. Like, I think, I think there was a StarCraft mod, or StarCraft 2 mod, certainly, which is basically the same as Among Us. Though, having said that, I don't really know which came first. I mean, Among Us is itself a few years old. It's just now is when it's got traction. Anyway, we shouldn't talk too much about Among yes. Us because neither, neither of us has played it. Move on. So, Fall the King, another old game. Just decided to start playing it. It's the new weekend multiplayer game with friends. So, it's all right. We're bad at it. I have no idea what Fall the King is, so I need, I need one line. It's kind of a roguelike rpg so there's like a high level quest which is always the same you know like the structure of the quest is always the same like go here get this item go there cleanse this mine go to this castle get this other item you know so like the high level structure of it is the same for the scenario but the actual layout of the map and the monsters and the items and everything will be just different every time so you can play it solo but we're playing it co-op multiplayer so each of us generates one character choose a character class start the game and so you're in control of that one character and can walk around the map and do stuff or get into fights when you're in a fight if you're close to each other then you fight the fight together and it's like a turn-based battle system it's quite fun but yeah we're bad at it you know we have yet to finish the scenario like the first scenario <laughs> it's on game pass and it was also free on the epic store at some point in the past so that's why we decided to start playing it and then fortnite randomly <laughs> got a friend who's been playing fortnite i've been playing fortnite too it's fun it's fortnite don't think it needs any further explanation grounded because it's on game pass tried it there's really not very much content in it at the moment so it was fun while it lasted, but there wasn't much to actually see or do yet. And then Sea of Thieves, again on Game Pass. Sea of Thieves is a weird one. 
It's been out for a while, right? I have no concept of time anymore. I- I'm pretty sure it's been out for years, but I too have no concept of time anymore. So <laughs> who knows? I remember when it first came out, people complained there was nothing to do. Yep. But we had heard that it's got much better since then. So decided to give it a go. And so we had a few weekends of playing Sea of Thieves. So strange things about Sea of Thieves. There's no skill tree. There's no like upgrades for your ship. There's no leveling. You are just some pirates on a ship and everything is just cosmetic. You know, your ability to play the game is entirely down to your own competence. So it's not like, okay, let's grind until we're like 10 levels higher and then we can take on this content. It's just like, nope, you can go and do it straight away if you want. It's just that if you are bad at aiming your cannons, then you're just going to fail. You know, like it's literally all your own skill, which is kind of realistic. And at the same time, it's kind of weird because, you know, usually you play a game and you're getting doled out xp and you feel like you're making progress and in this game it's just like the xp was in your heart all along you know it's just what you learn from playing the game and getting better yourself so i don't know there have been some dumb and funny stories in it like where we decided to try and shoot another ship like there was another ship just minding their own business and then we were like, yar, we're pirates. We're going to raid this other ship. Because there was only like one other person on the deck. So the first time this happened, there was just one other person on the deck. And we just shot their ship and jumped across and like stabbed this one person and just completely, you know, pillaged their ship. And I was like, oh, I feel kind of bad for that, for that guy. But, you know, pirates, yar. Next time it happens, we just see a ship there. There's like one person on the deck. And we're like, pirates, yar. And we just go in to shoot them. And then like three other people come out on the deck. And they're just way more competent than us. And then after that, we're just on the run and they're chasing us and just like raining cannonballs down on us. In fact, we barely make it to port alive. So we haven't sunk, but we make it into port. And we think, oh, thank goodness we're, we're in port. We're safe. You're not safe. Nowhere safe. They just pull up alongside us and just sink our ship. And then we're just like left standing on the beach with no ship. And they come aboard and just like stab us all. Nowhere safe. You're pirates. So that was a lesson. The other funny one was we gave up our life of pillaging because we decided PvP was a bad idea. And we were sailing home after, you know, a few hours of questing laden with loot. So we're quite close to the port where we can go and sell our stuff. And one of us is steering it's like, you know, they're manning the wheel. One is just on the deck, on the lookout for stuff. And then I was below decks looking at, you know, the map for navigation. But we were so close to the island, I didn't really need to navigate anymore. So I'm just poking around, you know, below decks, looking at the other stuff on the ship. And I'm like, oh, there's a barrel of grog here. And, you know, the other friends who've been playing it a bit longer, like, oh, yeah, you, if you've got a tanker, you can just drink the grog. And I was like, oh, OK. He's like, yeah, you can drink it and you can get drunk. He's like, oh, OK, then. So I start drinking this grog. And like, I drink one mug and I drink another mug. And like, the vision starts to become hazy. And it's like, oh, OK. And above on the decks, the guy who's at the lookout is like, oh, I see a load of barrels. Oh, there's loot down there. And he just jumps off the deck and starts swimming for these barrels. At this point, the other guy's like, no, don't do it. We're really close to port because we're going full sails, like full tilt at land. And he's like, you need to drop the anchor. But he's already jumped off the ship at this point. And I'm like, oh, don't worry. I'll do it. And I try to walk up the stairs, but I'm really drunk. So my character's like stumbling all over the place and like can't make it up the stairs. And like, I just about make it to the top of the staircase while our ship just like runs aground at full tilt. And then we're taking on water. And so I'm like, oh no, we're taking water. I need to get back 
below decks to start repairing it and bailing out the boat so i start trying to stumble below decks meanwhile the guy who was on the wheel is like you guys are idiots like why do i play with you and he like runs past me and starts hammering you know fixing the ship so he's like just don't bother trying to fix the ship just bail out the water so i'm like stumbling down the decks again like you know teetering from side to side because i'm really drunk and then i pull out the bucket and before i can like use the bucket to pick up some water i just throw up in the bucket (laughs) i'm carrying this bucket of vomit and i have to try and stumble back up the stairs to throw it over the side and i finally managed to do that and i stumble back the stairs to pick up the water again and i throw up in the bucket again (laughs) so basically i failed to do any bailing out we were like seconds from sinking luckily luckily the first guy fixes the ship bails everything out just as like i finished throwing up and the guy who jumped overboard climbs back up you know climbs back up the ladder on the side of the ship back onto the deck and he's like you guys are idiots i never want to play this with you guys again have you played it since so that was the end of sea of Thieves. We actually, we actually did play it again, but it wasn't too much more successful. So we decided, for the sake of friendship, we should probably shouldn't play it anymore. And that's why we're now playing for the king. Okay, moving on. Monster Train finished it at Covenant rank twenty-five. Then a new patch came out. And there were new factions, and I finished those at Covenant rank 25 as well. So, kind of done, inverted commas, with Monster Train for now. Actually, there are, there are more challenges. Monster Train is really good. I'll probably come back to it at some point, but I'm, I'm also kind of like sated on Monster Train for the moment. It is really, really good, though. Excellent game. And then, the new, new stuff. So, what have I been playing recently? Really recently. Hades went 1.0 had a couple of friends who I know from the game jam and they just we have a whatsapp group for like the game jam game dev stuff but it became like 90% Hades run discussion and Hades strats and so I was just like hey guys is this game really that good he's like this game's amazing you should play this game so I was like okay fine so I bought Hades and I played Hades it is very good it is kind of like an extremely refined version of the Binding of Isaac crossed of Bastion. So, you know, it's got those roguelike elements. It's got those elements of like choosing and making your build and the synergies that come as a result. But the art direction is incredible. And there's the sort of self-narration of Bastion in it as well. Plus a compelling story, like based on Greek mythology. Yep, yeah, and it, they take note of your previous run, so it's all a continuation. Yeah, exactly. There's, a, there's this thread running through, and they remember what you've done, and you can talk to characters, and they'll comment on how you did. So you know, in terms of like high production values, action roguelike, it's probably at the top at the moment. Spelunky 2. So, I haven't actually played much Spelunky, but I know a lot about Spelunky. Like, Spelunky... Spelunky is one of those games where I just kick myself, where it's like, I could have made this game. You know, like, I had all the pieces to make Spelunky in my mind, kind of thing. But obviously I didn't do it, and talk is cheap. You know, like... Even if I had decided I want to make indie games around the time Spelunky was made, would I have really made something like Spelunky? Who knows? Probably not. But I feel like it was possible for me to have made something like Spelunky. And Spelunky also ticks all the boxes for things I say I like. Because it's basically kind of Super Metroid crossed with NetHack, in a sense. You know, It's like a 2D action platformer crossed with the random generation and deep interactions with multiple objects plus crazy secrets of NetHack. Yeah, I, I, so weirdly, actually, I watched a lot of Spelunky Let's Plays and I was watching a lot of Spelunky 2 Let's Plays because it came out on PlayStation, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago. And then 
I tried to buy it on PlayStation, but it's not available in Hong Kong, hilariously. So probably for the best anyway, because I should have just been more patient and waited for the Steam version, which is what I've done now. So it came out a few days ago on Steam. I've been playing it. So I've play, I played way more Splunky 2 than I've played of Splunky 1. It's hard. I haven't made that much progress, but I'm having fun. I'm trying not to be spoiled too badly, but I have been spoiled a bit. And then talking of things that shouldn't be spoiled, there's a new Frog Fractions game. That was a surprise. So there's a new Frog Fractions game. It actually, it actually came out in August, it turns out. But I just realized it existed, so I've played that now as well. I'm not sure what to say about it, actually. I, I don't know if it really reaches the same level as Frog Fractions 2. But it was definitely very entertaining. So Wait, wait. Have you finished it? Yeah, I finished it. It's, it's really short. Are you sure you finished it? I'm just saying that just to provoke you. <sighs> I've, I've not I looked up any guides or spoiler things, so maybe I should double check. But I've got to I've got to an ending, I've got to a credit scene, and I've got to a post credit scene as well. So I think I'm done. It so <laughs> it does have some really funny moments. And then and there's also moments when like something happens and then it clicks and you're like, oh I get it. This is a parody of X, you know, like But but in a good way. Not in a like a oh this is so derivative, like a oh wow, I didn't see that coming. And the fact that I now realize this is a parody somehow makes it even funnier. Oh, yeah, I was going to... I, I don't want to talk about it, actually, because, you know, there should be no spoilers. Because if you like that sort of thing, you definitely don't want to be spoiled. But, yeah, there's a Frog Fractions 3. I played Genshin Impact. Mostly because every YouTube advert <laughs> for the past couple of days has been Genshin Impact. And so I thought, you know what? It's free to play. I'm going to play it. But wait, wait, wait. When <laughs> you know what? It's free to play. I'm going to play it. They don't normally, they shouldn't be in the same sentence. You are right. Usually I would not play something just for that reason. But I was sufficiently curious. And because of my previous statements about Genshin Impact, I thought I should try it. So it's on, it's on PS4 mobile phones, and PC. I did not trust it enough to install it on my PC, i got to say. So I actually installed it on my iPad, and I've been playing it on the iPad. I, I actually enjoyed it, and then installed it on the PlayStation, because I thought, you know what, this would be better with a controller. But, turns out the PlayStation version is not cross-save with PC and mobile. So I'd have to start a whole new save again. So in the end, it's like, okay, that was a bust. So I'm still just playing it on the iPad. I heard there was some minor spyware scandal with it on PC to do with the anti-cheat. But I don't really know the details. And anyway, this is why I didn't install the PC version. So I've played it on mobile for maybe like an hour or two. Like I really haven't played it that long, but it's good. Like I'm genuinely surprised it's good. It really is very, it really is very Breath of the Wildy, actually. <laughs> like, it really does look a lot like Breath of the Wild. The climbing feels a lot like Breath of the Wild. The looting stuff off the ground and the gliding feels like Breath of the Wild. So, you know, maybe it really is very Breath of the Wildy, but it is also very good. And, and it's also quite different to Breath of the Wild in, in various ways too, you know. But there is definitely some feel to it that is Breath of the Wild-esque. Production values are amazing. Like, there is this vast landscape. It looks great. The voice acting is way better than Breath of the Wild. And, yeah, you know, the main quest, the characters are all fully voiced. It's, it's strange actually playing a game where the characters all have Chinese names. I actually thought that was quite interesting. Because obviously they're all talking English because I'm playing in English, but the names for a lot of them, they're still Chinese. So that's interesting and a bit different. The other thing I heard is that the budget for this game was $100 million. So if that is the case, that explains why it looks and plays so well. 
because you know it's a really big budget game. I've heard it's doing well though as well. I don't know if I really want to get too deep into it because at its core I think it is a gacha game which is to say you put money in and random things come out you know like random items random new fighters characters you can control with skill sets and stuff and so it's like do I really want to get invested so I'm pumping money into this slot machine probably not but yeah we'll see and then finally just today Mario 35. So this is the Mario Battle Royale that was announced as part of the 35th anniversary. Honestly, it's kind of meh. It's very frustrating, actually. I think I've played like three or four games of it. And those three or four games took one hour. And I basically came like second or third every time. It's really frustrating. So... You know, 35 of you start, within the first minute, like 20-something will be dead, right? Because they're just bad at Mario and die. And then, like, the last few will just, like, whittle away slowly. And then the top five takes forever. Because, like, basically, when you get to the top five, all of those people are good at Super Mario Brothers. And so you're just waiting for someone to... You're just waiting for someone to make a dumb mistake and die. And it just becomes this long, drawn-out battle of attrition for someone to make a mistake. And you're just playing through the same levels over and over and over again. And yes, the enemies get sent to the other player's field. But again, if you're good at Super Mario Brothers and you've got the Fire Flower, it doesn't matter. You just stand there and you just mow down all the enemies walking forward slowly. Like, it just becomes this massive slog. So... I don't know what they can do to fix that. I mean, I guess this game is only going to be around until March 31st, they've said. Maybe they don't need to fix it. It's just a a jolly. In in my opinion, it would be better if instead of picking a random level from people's choice of levels, it just was the game start to finish. And if you get to 8-4 and defeat Bowser first, then you just win. You know, and that gives an incentive for people not to move slowly and just keep the timer up and keep moving forward slowly. But to also be in a race for the finish. I think that would work better. But hey, how I'm not Nintendo, I didn't design this. So they must have decided this was maybe maybe this is better for casual players, you know, for people who haven't played Mario Brothers loads. Wait, so you can finish a level or you can take the level slowly and people will wait for you. No, no, no. no. So when you start a game of it, you and everyone else gets to choose a level and whenever you finish a level it will immediately start you on a new level which is one of the ones that was chosen by the people who are in the game so if everyone chooses one one then all you'll be doing is playing one one over and over and over again right so like whenever you finish the level you immediately start on another level taken from the pool of levels that were chosen by the players. And yeah, there's no real incentive. You know, finishing the level, I think, just adds 10 to 15 seconds to the timer. And the timer does start to count down faster as the game progresses, which I guess is a bit like, you know, the storm or the blue or the the gas or whatever in a FPS battle royale. But I don't know. I don't think that connection is like direct enough. And I don't think finishing the level is the optimal way to get more time because you can add time to the timer by killing enemies or by collecting power-ups. So you're not eliminated if you're slow. If your time runs out, you will be eliminated. But not finishing the level does not eliminate you because you'll finish it eventually as long as your timer doesn't run out. So if someone finishes the level last, for instance, out of the 10 remaining that doesn't mean anything it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because like you'll, you'll be totally uh, out of sync anyway towards the end because the you know finishing the level when you touch the flagpole or go down the pipe in a warp zone it just adds 10 or 15 seconds to your timer but killing an enemy adds a second to the timer or jumping on them adds two seconds or jumping on them in sequence adds like two then four then eight whatever seconds so finishing the level is not the optimal way to add time to your timer 
I think. I mean, having said that, I've never won. I've just come second and third a bunch. So maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but, you know, after that hour of playing it, the servers went into maintenance and I just didn't really feel like playing it more after that. I was like, well, I've tried it. I don't know, maybe I will go back and try and get the win. But probably not. And that's it. You've been busy. Yeah, I've played too much stuff. I just well, I've just gone mad, right? I've just been trying to. You have not gone mad. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I've you know I've suddenly got time to play all this stuff, so I've been playing it. But I should probably try and do something more useful at some point. Then what could be more useful than playing through your backlog? Exactly. For the purposes of the podcast, in the context of the podcast, this is very useful. This is very productive. I should probably have rationed it out. I've gone through too many games. And go back to the old days where I played like three things and we can talk at them at length. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club. On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On Twitch. As Lost Levels Club. Anywhere else? Reddit slash r slash Lost Levels Club. So, Michael, what are you grateful for today? I bought new monitors. I think you were, you were joking last time, right? Like, what's the next step for you on Warzone? 144 hertz monitors. Yeah, I went out and I bought 144 hertz monitors. <laughs> they do make a difference. My aiming is much better now. So Michael says bye. Bye bye. <laughs>